Hello, everyone, and welcome to the P1 podcast with man Tommy. Hi, Tommy. Hello. Are you ready to talk some Formula One? Ready as I've ever been in my entire life. I feel like I've never watched the sport before. It's been so long that F1 it just feels like a bit of a mystery to me right now. But I, I've caught up. I've reminded myself of Max Verstappen's world title winning year uh, for the second year in a row. Enjoy watching it back. No. And um, look, 2023 is the time we, we we change this, okay? As Ferrari fans, as Charles Leclerc fans, it's time to it's time to budge this trend that's starting to starting to click in, isn't it? Really, Tommy. And uh, yeah. are you ready for never that? never heard this one before? Cool, Getting cool, cool. deja vu. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so today <laughs> today we're making our 2023 F1 season predictions. Uh, we have broken it down into quite a few different categories. Uh, we'll go through things like biggest surprise, a new winner, who will be champion, biggest meme on the grid, and so on. Um, so we'll go through each one. We've obviously both made predictions, and we'll uh, discuss and see if we agree or if we wholeheartedly do not agree. So let's dive into it. The first one is biggest good surprise. Okay, for this one, I feel like this this particular driver needs needs a bit more positivity from uh, from social media and so on because I feel like he's got the track record to prove it. My biggest good surprise is Oscar Piastri. I think he is going to be better than what people are expecting him to be. I don't think that just because Daniel Ricciardo had a couple of bad years at McLaren, that that means anyone that goes up against Lando Norris will immediately get absolutely smashed. Oscar Piastri has won everything in junior formula in his debut season. And yes, I'm not saying that round one he is going to, I was going to say spank, I can say spank, uh, Lando Norris. But I, I still think that a few races in, he won't be as far off as people are expecting. Now, that's not to say that Lando Norris isn't an incredibly tough teammate. I think he's one of the best drivers on the grid. But I also think that Oscar Piastri is actually really good and that McLaren's lineup this year is probably the most exciting, both from their perspective and having two very sort of up-and-coming talents, but also from our side as fans to see how that relationship unfolds. So I don't think it's too left field to say Piastri will be the biggest good surprise. Wow, yeah, Piastri... You can look at it two ways with Piastri. He's either got loads of pressure on him because of what happened with the whole Alpine thing and all these teams wanting him and how much he's desperately kind of needs a drive and teams fighting over him that he's got to deliver. But then you can look at it the other way that no one is really expecting him to beat Lando from the start. And if he does, my word, or even or even by the end of the season, you know, him just beating Lando in occasional races and stuff will put him you know, on the map as one of the top drivers already. Um, so this could be huge for his career, and it's going to be extremely exciting to see how it goes. Um, I'm extremely on the fence about Piastri. I cannot... Uh, I don't know which way it's going to go. I could see it going both ways. Um, it just depends whether you kind of said you don't think this will be the case, but have McLaren become this like Red Bull team where it's all about Lando and every the second seat's cursed. I don't think so. I think he's got got a chance. And if he does well, then um yeah, it's gonna be 
a very exciting driver lineup that one it certainly will and a thought that just came into my head is that obviously piastri had a couple of options for 2023 alpine of course and the whole problems that that caused and also mclaren i almost see it not only as you know piastri screwing over alpine slightly and whatever happened there but also in my opinion it it almost shows quite a bit of confidence from his side and his camp as well to take the McLaren seat because realistically oh, it could be that Lando Norris is a teammate killer and this is going to be a trend of his career in the next five, 10 years. But I think it's quite a, quite a show of confidence from Piastri to go, no, I'm going to sign next to Lando Norris, who is potentially one of the best drivers on the grid and show what I can do. So perhaps they are quite confident in the Piastri camp that, that he can deliver. Yeah, it shows the confidence that McLaren have got in him as well to um, kind of put him straight in the car and go to all that trouble um, with the whole Alpine situation that they were willing to go for the uh, all through that to get him in the car. It's Sorry, been a while. We're, we're just not spoken about F1 for getting, a while. Getting Tommy ready to, <laughs> to speak again. <laughs> no, that is very interesting. What What's your biggest good surprise? My biggest good surprise, I believe, will be Nico Hulkenberg. And that is, uh, I'll, I'll just get the main question out of the way. Will he get a podium? No, that that I don't think he will. That, but that's not to say that he won't be a very good surprise. I think the more I think about what's happened here with Haas, a lot of people were going, well, why would you replace Mick Schumacher? Even though he had a bad bad year and a bad time, like you know, he's an upcoming driver with someone that's sort of done his you could say if Hulkenberg never came back, he's sort of he's done his F1 career, hasn't he? Let's be honest. And um to replace him with that, has just need a consistent point scorer. I think they wasted a lot of points, particularly with Schumacher, but even Magnussen. Uh, you know, Magnussen did perform very well at the start of the season, but they missed out on a lot of points. And I can see Hulkenberg kind of getting P5s, P6s, uh, when, you know, maybe there's a bit of um the, the race of attritions and things like that. Um, and he's exactly who Haas need, I think. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people and just bring in a lot of points for Haas if that car's good at the start of the year. As long as he is sitting in P5 and P6, if he's sitting in P3, we'll uh, we'll get the barrier ready um, because we well, maybe know it's the perfect. The... Yeah, it's the perfect. Maybe it's the perfect team for him because Haas are never in a podium spot. That well, he never to has fair, to have that bottle. Pole in Brazil. True. And he started on pole in Brazil before as well. But um, no, I, I would say that Hulkenberg probably would be my runner-up for biggest good surprise. Because, But this is it's funny because I think I wouldn't be surprised if Hulkenberg did well. But I know that a lot of social media and people writing him off for not having a podium and being a bottle job, etc., potentially would. And they'll go, oh, Hulkenberg's actually pretty decent. When realistically, he was a very decent midfield runner and picked up loads of P7s uh, when the top three teams were clear. And and Hulkenberg has pace, has consistency, just not when it comes to the big moments. But that's <laughs> fine because Haas aren't a big moment team, really. Let's scrap no. Brazil from our minds. They aren't a big moment team. And I agree with you, Tommy. They wasted so many points at the start of last year when they had... Kevin Magnussen, who had basically just come off of his sofa a week ago and started sticking it, you know, right at the front of the grid in a Haas that clearly was, was, you know, very good at the start of the season. And Mick Schumacher, who was crashing all the time. 
So yeah. K-Mag's performances at the start, not, not to take anything away from what he, he achieved, but also showed how good that car was. And the fact that they didn't utilize it to the level of which they should have really hurt Haas because they could have put themselves in a much stronger position in the Constructors' Championship uh, at the start of the season. Yes, it is a running trend that Haas cannot keep up in the development cycle, but they always seem to come out the blocks firing. So to have someone like Nico Hülkenberg to just bang it in in a P9, P10, wherever that Haas deserves to be, uh, is exactly what they need. They they don't need a driver like Mick Schumacher who's learning on the job. They need two drivers that are experienced. I mean, I was going to say consistent. K-Mag was consistently getting um, <laughs> black and white flags on the yeah, start of collecting races them, like, for, for crashing cards. into people. But but Hulkenberg isn't as crash happy, I'd say, as K-Mag. And yeah. it's definitely a really good signing for Haas, who, let's be real, they don't have an endless pot of cash. They are just trying to survive season after season. We've seen it in Drive to Survive. They are just trying to stay in this sport. And if they can manage a decent constructor's mid-table sort of table at the end of this year, it will help them to continue to survive. So Hulkenberg's a great signing, in my opinion. And um, it, I don't think it'd be a surprise to either of us that he'd do well next year, but I think it would be a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. I think I can see Hulkenberg. It, it makes you wonder with Hulkenberg in the car last year how many points they could have could have ended up with. I think they would have been higher in the constructors' title, or and at the very least got quite a lot more points. Absolutely, and it's not just the case as well of missing out on points. It's the crashes, especially that Mick Schumacher had, that would have cost the team millions uh, to repair, and that and that hurts their development moving forward. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed for their sake, Hulkenberg and Magnussen can not bin it as much and, and score some points. So there you go. Let's move on to the next one. Biggest flop. So for me, my biggest flop, and this might be a bit weird for some people, is Pierre Gasly. I think that this move to Alpine after off the back of last year, which was poor, let's be real, uh, both from AlphaTauri's side, but also Pierre Gasly's side. He's going into a new team alongside Esteban Ocon, who some people don't rate. I rate him. I think that he had a great season last year. He beat Fernando Alonso in the Drivers' Championship. Yes, whatever. Yeah, Fernando had terrible reliability and realistically would have beaten him. But that's not to take away from Ocon's great drives that he had over the course of 2022. So I think Gasly, coming into a team that Alpine are, in my opinion, putting their eggs in one basket with Ocon and signing him with a long deal, and it almost seems like he is the the front man at this team. I think it's going to be tough for Pierre Gasly. I feel like Sonoda took a step forward in terms of their pace differential last year as well, and Gasly wasn't as clear as Sonoda uh, week in, week out. So it's, it's going to be tough uh, because Gasly, of course, has been part of this Red Bull team for so long now that he knows the inner workings of of how of how that all all goes down it's a new team and Ocon they don't get on I, I don't think Ocon's <laughs> going to be like uh, mate yeah that that button right there they sure are pretending they do they yeah so you're asking on this steering wheel this I can't tell you I don't know I don't know what button that is mate so look they've tried to squash the rumors but you don't crop each other out of Instagram photos if you haven't had bad blood at some point uh, so yeah I think he's going to struggle Tommy is that is that a uh, mm. controversial take or is it one that you agree with? It's a controversial take that I thought I was going to be controversial. I just get straight into mine because I have also gone for Pierre Gasly for biggest oh. flop. Um, 
yeah, I thought I was being out there, but clearly not. That um, validates my terrible opinion. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, knowing our jinxing power, he's going to win the world championship now. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've both said this. But yeah, I worried that Gasly might have a bit of a, a stinker of a season. I mean, um, a lot of people seem to think that Gasly would beat Ocon next year. I think the total opposite. I think Ocon's bedded in that team. Gasly has struggled before where he's changed team. Like realistically, Gasly, if you look at his whole career, he's only done well, I know he's only been to that. He's been at two teams, but he's only done well when he's gone back to his kind of safe home in a kind of lower midfield team of Alpha Tauri Torosso. Um and you could even argue not a particularly great teammate alongside him or or a very strong teammate or a rookie or something like that. Um, Yeah, I worry for Gasly that there's a lot of rumours that when he went to Red Bull, uh, he didn't bed himself in the team particularly well and that didn't help matters. Now he's going into a team, like you say, that one, they've kind of been building it around Ocon and two, they don't like each other very much or at least um, didn't in the past. So... I think there's potential for fireworks there. And um, yeah, I can just see Gasly maybe taking a bit of time to get up to speed. And then if things don't go right, I don't think, I don't, I don't see like he's the kind of driver when, if things are kind of going badly for him. And now I'm saying this, I'm like, he won in an Alpha Tauri after all the bad luck he had at Red Bull. But just the, the way it's like seasons unraveling, I can't, I, I kind of feel like he needs to hit the ground running or he's going to have a, a bad season. Yeah, I mean, the, the the stars did align for that particular Monza victory, didn't it? Well, this um, is what I mean. Like, if you look at Gasly's career, yeah, yes, he won a won a race. I'm not saying he's like before all the Gasly stands come at me. I'm not <laughs> saying he's a bad driver, but if you look at his career, he's he was all right at Toro Rosso. He got the drive because he was next in line when Ricardo left. Didn't perform well against Verstappen, but then you can argue that no one really has, but really struggled, got demoted, had a good season, like you say, stars aligned for Monza. But the year he was really good, you had Sonoda, who was really struggling as a rookie. We don't know how good that Alpha Tari actually was with a good, experienced driver in the car alongside Gasly. Um, so I think Gasly is actually quite a difficult driver to judge just how good he is. Well, we're going to find out this year if he can uh, bed himself into a new team, show the versatility that you need as a driver. Let's let's wait and see. And show that me and you are absolutely washed and know nothing. I mean, that's that's been confirmed many times, mate, to be honest with you. Uh, This would just (laughs) uh, further confirm it. Right, let's move on to the next one. Loses race seat. So for this one, I was kind of broken up into two different thinkings here. One was... I don't think anyone's actually going to lose their seat because it's going to take a lot. But if someone was to lose their seat, I was I basically pick someone and then who they'll be replaced by. So I think that Nick DeVries could lose his race seat to Daniel Ricciardo. So he's gone in to AlphaTauri after his super sub uh, contribution uh, for, for Williams at Monza last year. And don't get me wrong, it was an incredible drive. Uh, he jumped in smashed Nicholas Latifi, scored points on his debut. You couldn't have done any more. But I feel like almost that the the whole hectic environment of that sort of played into his hands where he didn't have the pressure really uh, able to set in. 
And look, I'm not a Formula One driver, but I, I, from my understanding, Monza's probably not the hardest track to get used to and get bedded into. There are much harder tracks around the calendar, the Singapore's, the Monaco's, the Baku's, et cetera, et cetera, that he may well struggle a bit more at. Now, that's not to take away what he's managed, but I don't feel like we're able to fully judge how good he is. And he's, of course, going to be up against Yuki Tsunoda, who, in my opinion, yeah, AlphaTauri had a terrible year last year, but I think Tsunoda closed the gap to Gasly in the sense of his actual raw speed. So I think De Vries might struggle. And I also believe that Red Bull are going to be very, very interested to see what Daniel Ricciardo is able to do. So if there is absolute fire going on in AlphaTauri and De Vries is doing terrible, it's not, it's not, a, it's not impossible to think that they might just go, all right, Danny Rick, I know that you're Red Bull, third whatever driver. Let's just stick you in the AlphaTauri and see what you like. Because we all need to know, not just Red Bull, we all need to know, is Danny Rick washed? Is he finished? Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, that's a that's a bold one. I think for me, De Vries would have to get absolutely trounced by um, Sonoda and have probably the year that Sonoda had against Gasly to, to be under threat. But you never know. Um, those kind of... Uh, something something like an Alpha Tauri is one of those cars, isn't it, where... Um, you know, if they don't hit the ground running, you're always you're sort of in the midfield near the back and you're always trying to compensate. And that's when crashes happen when you're like, you know, pushing um too hard. So so we'll see with DeVries. Um I have gone boring and I said that losers racy, I've gone for no one. Um I think Yeah, but I did that as well. Yeah, if there okay. was someone to if lose their race, who would it be? Um so it's not really loses race seat, but I think Fernando Alonso either goes one of two ways where he's either absolutely brilliant or in six races time, he's completely owning Lance Stroll in every single qualifying session and having a great season, but Lance is getting the better strategies and just appearing ahead of him all the time. Um, and six races in, he's like, screw this. I'm off to win to win the Indy 500 again and uh, just walks because um, you never know. <laughs> I mean, Alonso going up against Lance Stroll is going to be a very interesting one, but um, that's obviously Alonso walking if it goes absolutely disastrously. But if if someone had to lose their seat, Sergeant, but then is there any press, pressure on Sergeant at all? And I think they'll probably want to keep him for the American rounds and stuff, wouldn't they? So... This is the thing, the bad drivers, a lot of the bad bad drivers, but like lower drivers have a reason to be there. So they probably will keep their seat. Okay, well, there you go. You've you've skirted around boring the edges of answer. not being boring, but uh, but went with basically it's still no, kind of boring. But then maybe Fernando Alonso, but he doesn't lose it. He just <laughs> sacks in his race seat instead. Yeah, uh, yeah. He is a he's a loose cannon, isn't he, Fernando Alonso? You don't know exactly what he's going to do or say, and that's what makes him such great entertainment for all F one fans. This episode is sponsored by Tennis Channel Plus. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May the 20th. 
Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Okay, we now move on to most accident prone. So for me, I went with Logan Sargent being the most accident prone. Uh, it's it's just one of those. It's it's not the fact that I think Logan Sargent is particularly crash happy. It's more the fact that he is a, a new kid on the block. He's coming into a team where it's probably not a guarantee that he is going to stay in Formula One for very long unless he is able to show what he's able to do, and that will just cause problems, cause crashes. You see it so many times with rookies, and I don't think it's going to be any different uh, for Logan Sargent personally. So I think he will have the most accidents. I have also gone the same. Yeah, most accident-prone Logan Sargent. If you look at how Formula One's played out over the last few years, remember the year that Mazepin, Schumacher, and Sonoda came into F1 from F2. Oh, my word, did those guys crash a lot. Um and yeah, I just I just feel like he'll be trying to find the limits uh, of a Formula One car, uh, you know, in the in the early rounds in particular. And um, yeah, unfortunately for him, I think that he might end up being a bit of the the new Latifi about him. Sorry. And he's up against Alex Albon, of course. So you know, Albon. Yeah. You know how you've got like the, the the teammate killer is is Albon the Latifi maker? Does he just make people into <laughs> Latifi as he kind of goes Maybe. up against them and Williams? Who knows? But yeah, up against Alex Albon, who's very uh, up to speed and and performing in that team, is going to be a difficult challenge for Sargent. And uh, yeah, that might also cause him to to push a little bit too hard uh, and and make mistakes. Okay, we now move on to new race winner. I've gone for no. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to be boring, but when you actually look at the grid, McLaren are the only team that you could go, oh, if it's an absolutely ridiculous race and it's Turkey with an ice skating rink for a track, maybe something crazy could happen. But the top three teams from last year all have race winners in them now. George Russell's won. Carlos Sainz has won. And of course, the rest of them are won. So unless... Lance Stroll is going to win in the Aston Martin and Alonso is going to push that that team so far forward. I can't see it happening. Because even if you look to Alpine, Ocon and Gasly are both race winners. So <laughs> you haven't got many options uh, available for a new race winner. No, I've also gone boring and gone for no one. Um, at the end of the day, we didn't even get a surprise podium finisher last year. Never mind a new winner. So yeah, like you, I could see... The only thing I could see is a McLaren uh, would be would probably be the surprise winner, but it relies on the top six having an absolute disaster. And you know, we saw there's not a huge change in regulations. The field will probably close up a slight bit, but I don't think will be loads. And if you think that we yeah we didn't see a single surprise podium finish, I think Lando got one, didn't he? And, and no one else even stepped on the podium because Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari were so clear of the field that you essentially that's the first six places locked out. F1 cars are very reliable now. Um, and even when they're not for all six of those cars to go out. Um, yeah. Thinking of the scenarios, it's got to be an absolutely crazy wet weather race or you need like a, a Monaco where someone's somehow a wet qualifying and Lando's put it on pole and no one can overtake because even now with the the easier 
ways to pass and the the fact that you can follow close from the DRS, we're probably not going to have a situation again like an Ocon or Gasly where they can be in a very inferior car and just you just can't pass them uh, unless it's Monaco. <laughs> so uh, I just can't see it happening. Sorry to be boring. But yeah, we should have even just, just said new podium sitter. And I think, again, we'd, we'd be like, Mm, I'm not sure because when you actually look at Lando Norris's podium at Imola you had Carlos Sainz DNFing Charles Leclerc spinning into the wall and losing places uh you had the both Mercedes just not being very good I mean Lewis Hamilton was stuck behind Pierre Gasly for 400 years yeah um and then George Russell couldn't get anywhere near him either but had a, a good result in P4 so that was Lando was just taking advantage of the Ferraris messing up and the Mercedes being off the pace. So that was literally one other team essentially that they had to beat. So, and then of yeah. course Mercedes took a step forward and then it was, it was game over for, for any more chances really. So yeah, it's uh hopefully it's not going to be like that in 2023. Fingers crossed. Manifesting a jinx. Yeah. <laughs> we are quite good at them, but it's usually when we don't mean to do it, uh, which is the yeah. big problem. We can't channel our, our jinxing powers just yet. Okay. Moving on. Biggest meme on the grid. My biggest meme on the grid for 2023 is going to be Fernando Alonso. (laughs) We were just speaking about how much of a loose cannon he is. I feel like he'll join Aston Martin. Aston won't be particularly good. And we'll just have loads of amazing team radios of Fernando Alonso having a terrible race and coming over the radio and basically talking about how bad his Aston Martin is. And maybe that links in with you, Tommy, and the fact that you think that he'll sack it off in six races. But... I, I don't want this to happen. I want Alonso to be right at the sharp end of the grid, showing what he can he can do. And maybe, maybe that'll happen. Aston Martin were actually reasonably decent towards the end of the year and scored some some good uh, good results. But I don't know. I just feel like wherever Fernando Alonso goes, the car either blows up or just is terrible. So it could be another one of those. And then he'll become a meme again, a GP2 engine, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's not... If you think of Alonso's career... It's very rare that he goes four or five races without being a meme. There's always something. There's the Piastri drama uh, of you know him doing that thumbs up on Instagram, of him going to Aston. That was really dramatic. Then Alpine, him sort of going on about uh, crashing into Ocon or his spicy team radios, and then go back to McLaren and I'm calling it a GP2 engine. Even Ferrari, he was you know doing ridiculous things there. He's always been the biggest meme on the grid really just his whole, his whole career um he, he i'm very much looking forward to uh seeing if he's sort of gonna become the main character of drive to survive because uh boy is he just sort of like he he just loved the limelight and the absolute chaos of that whole driver scenario didn't he um so i can totally see why you've gone for it However, I've gone for biggest meme on the grid as Logan Sargent. Uh, kind of ties into most accident prone. But I also just think that if you realistically look at the grid, the the drivers and the teams, I can't see anyone other than Williams being con- like quite comfortably last and Alex Albon's more experienced and I think a good driver and Sargent's going to have to get up to speed so i can just see him being p20 every session every quality every race do you know what i mean and it just becoming a bit of a a, a meme there so 
Um, unfortunately for him, I mean, you can only do what you can with your equipment, but um, I can see Sergeant becoming the new P20 merchant, if that's what you want to call it. So do you think Logan will be Logon at the end of the year then? Logon. Well, that's a good one. You should write headlines for <laughs> tabloids. <laughs> Logon. Logon. Uh, hopefully not for his sake. I hope he has a, a decent season. But um, I can see that potentially being the case as well uh, with uh, with how Latifi, unfortunately, um, his his career went. But fingers crossed, Sargent doesn't turn the wrong way at Suzuka. But then again, that was actually a good thing because he then scored points in that race, which is still That's the way to do absolutely it. ridiculous. Okay, we now move on to uh, the penultimate prediction. Who is going to be world champion? All right. Here we go. Hear me out. I have gone for Charles Leclerc. (laughs) I am absolutely, I'm backing it to the hills, right? So my brain is saying Mercedes are going to be back. Lewis Hamilton is going to win the world title. But my heart is overpowering me right now. The copium, the hopium, the whatever else. It's got to be Charles Leclerc, because if not, I'm in big trouble, all right? Emotionally, <laughs> I don't think I can take another year of potential and then it not happening. There's already been some funny stories, and I'm going to say funny because I'm not believing it yet, around Ferrari making some serious engine gains. And look, I lap that up like no tomorrow. I shut up. I absolutely absorbed that. I was like, oh my God, I'm healed. I'm ready for another year of pain. And look, Fred Fassur, he's going he's gonna to whip him into, the, into shape. He loves Charles Leclerc. They're going to make sure that Charles gets the treatment he deserves this year. And that's why he's going <laughs> to be world champion. Excellent. I am putting that straight on TikTok and bookmarking it for uh, the end of the season. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, it would be great. Uh, I do hope Ferrari are up there again. Uh, they tailed off at the end of last year, um, kind of dramatically. It, it was a shame because they were kind of messing up towards the start of the year, but they had the pace, and a lot of the races they did have the pace to win. Even even as late on as like Hungary and stuff, you know, they, they should have won that race. Um, but hopefully, it's just a new era because we all want a closer title battle. Um, However, I've gone for the world champion being Max Verstappen, which is actually rare for me because I don't tend to back. Unbelievable. Um, I, I don't tend to jinx it, but yeah, but that's, that's how day, confident you are, and it makes me sick. Exactly. You know yeah, what I mean? I like, oh, you feel like even with your jinx that Max Verstappen's still going to win the world title. That's how <laughs> confident you Verstappen fans are. I know. Well, I mean, to be fair, um, it's not a huge change in the regulations. Uh, he's kind of, I think one of his big pluses will be the fact that, uh, particularly with Mercedes, I do generally think that Hamilton and Russell will take points off each other um, with their competitiveness, which I think will give Verstappen the edge because I don't believe that Sergio uh, will be um, on his level. And um, he's just driving the best uh, he's ever done. Uh, last year, he was kind of almost cruising a lot of the time and still won so um i i, I just i'm i can just see him winning again uh, even me as the most pessimistic formula one supporter and fan of max verstappen uh but 
I do genuinely hope that it's a, a great battle and he doesn't win it. Uh, six races to go and finding out from Johnny Herbert. <laughs> anyway, Johnny <laughs> Herbert's not doing it this year, is he? So you won't hear it from He's Johnny somehow there. Year, but, um, yeah, that's... I mean, look, if you're, if you're a betting person, you're going for Verstappen because he was unbelievable last year. Uh, but I think for this world champion prediction, there's definitely more things going on than just pure logic uh, when it comes to at least my prediction. <laughs> Um, so there you, you go. Just, just stop talking because you're going to convince yourself that you also believe it's Verstappen, nope, but you nope, just I copium. don't care. Nope, Charles Leclerc. Here we go. Come <laughs> on, 2023. Let's go. And the final prediction for this podcast is one crazy prediction. So what one mad thing do we think is going to happen this year? For me, I have gone for Alonso will 23 and 0 Lance Stroll in qualifying. Now, Oof. this isn't going to include any mechanical issues or anything like that. We're talking like because I know that Alonso will probably get in his car, turn it on, and then it'll explode. We we don't want that. I'm talking about when they both finish qualifying. Okay, I think that's probably a fairer thing. I think that yeah, yeah, every we'll single that. time Alonso will outqualify Lance Stroll when they both uh, take part. It Stroll is weak in qualifying. Alonso was an absolute beast last year in the Alpine. Could have stuck it on the front row in Australia until he had that problem. He did stick it on the front row in Canada. There's so much pace for a 41-year-old. It's incredible. Uh, but it's something that I think, as long as he doesn't leave after six races and go to IndyCar. <laughs> and become the biggest meme on the grid. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, that will still be right, because I said every, everyone he participates in. Uh, but yeah, I just see Alonso wiping the floor with Stroll this year. Yeah, Stroll's biggest weakness is his qualifying. He's always been pretty poor, even though he got that that pole at Turkey, but they were very unusual conditions. Um, and Alonso has whitewashed teammates before. I think I think I'm right in saying, and I'm sure the comments will correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he's the only guy that's ever done it twice um, to whitewash their teammate. Did it with Van Dorn, and I believe he did it when he was at Minardi in his first season. So. Um, he is very good at wiping the floor with... T- oh, no, sorry. No, it would have been Renault with Nelson Piquet, maybe. Um, and yeah, he... he, I could see it happening. You mentioned about when his car's not breaking down. Maybe he only needs to do it once because he's got 21 mechanical failures for the rest of the, <laughs> the races. And he needs to do it once. Wait, is it 22 counts, or 23 but, races this year? 23. Um, so, yeah... Uh, my one crazy prediction is actually also about Fernando Alonso because he is the biggest meme on the grid and everyone, like, he is main character energy. Um, I've gone for he will finish best of the rest. So this is this is me flip-flopping and going, he's going to have a the worst time ever and quit, or also he's going to be absolutely amazing and just be best of the rest. So, so I'm going to be finishing... Here. Yeah, he's going to finish seventh. He's going to have an amazing year. His car's not going to set on fire every single race. Um, and he's going to show what he can do in a car that there's no one better in a car that's kind of all right than Fernando Alonso. I mean, he, he almost won just... world titles in the Ferrari, didn't he? When the Ferrari was yeah, an absolute dog. Exactly. So basically, our predictions are that Fernando Alonso will be the biggest meme on the grid. He will walk out and do the Indy 500, but finish best of the rest and will annihilate Lance Stroll in qualifying. <laughs> I'd love to know how yours yours really stack up because they seem very opposite ends of... 
Well, technically, my prediction of loser's race seat was no one. You just okay, you pressured saying, me into that. But if something did happen, whereas you actually think he's going to finish seventh. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, good work. Well, that is it. That is our 2023 F1 season predictions done. I cannot wait to look back on this at the end of the year and realize how awful they were. Uh, and that Lance Stroll actually whitewashes Fernando Alonso and uh, becomes world champion, or Pierre Gasly becomes world champion. Lots of things that we have potentially jinxed. Hopefully not the one around world champion in my prediction, but uh, <laughs> we will have to wait and see. Tommy, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are I'm getting that Charles Leclerc clip ready for when you um, when your end-of-season video is Vasseur out, Ferrari useless. Why didn't, why didn't you pit Leclerc again? uh why why was he on uh inters for the first race in bahrain and um yeah it's gonna be a good season Excited oh, mate. For i don't know what i'd rather i don't know if i'd rather them win the first race <laughs> for the content. and it be like serious hype or if they're so far off the pace i just don't want to watch formula one anymore. no you don't want them to win the first race because there's that weird uh jinx where every every driver that wins the first race finishes second in the title all right, I'll let Verstappen have the first race of the season then, and then we'll uh, we'll win the next 22. Good stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening, watching, wherever you are, to this P1 podcast. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're subscribed, you're followed, you're joining us on this crazy adventure. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you very soon for another video slash podcast slash content. Car launch. Yes. Car launch. Exciting. Hell yeah. See you there. Bye. Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.